Good morning. How's everybody doing? Everybody all right? Yeah, man. Good stuff. Good stuff. We have got an awesome, awesome day planned for today, man. Um, it's good to see everybody. Everybody, uh, we are know that we are doing the Blessing Baskets Day. How many people know that? Blessing Baskets. Yep, yep. Can I get a what, what? Um, <laughs> very nice. This is awesome, man. I love that. That is great. Man, that is, that is, we are on fire today. Um, so we got, if you are uh, participating in that today and you want to, if we're going to put these in the, like the groceries that you're going to get. We've got the turkeys already downstairs. Uh, Judy and I hauled them here yesterday. So we've got these, we've got uh, everybody signed up. We've got people already gone to, gone to go get groceries and that kind of thing. But we're going to be handing out tur- like, like turkey dinners, Thanksgiving dinners to, to 21 families that are in, um, not necessarily even in need. It's just whoever, whoever God, uh, God said to give, we gave. You know, we got some, got some people that uh, uh, got, helped us out trying to get a list together. And so we appreciate that a whole bunch. And, and man, it was good stuff. So pick one of these up from Judy before you leave. If you're going to go grab your gro- groceries and that kind of thing right after service, and we'll do that. So it's a great time, man, to uh, today. And we're going to have uh, man tonight. Uh, one of the things that we have in the in the basket is um, um, invitations, and you can actually write on the invitation um, to come back to. Uh, the rekindle service for uh, five o'clock tonight so when you give groceries to the this family um they have an invitation to come back to our rekindle on uh, here tonight at five o'clock and if you've not been to a rekindle man you're in for a treat it is a, it is an awesome time amen amen so i'm telling you so pastor pete and the pillars of passionate praise did i get it we'll be here we'll be here right on right on so they're actually, and they're going to go down, you said they're going to Kid City and doing some things down right now, right? Speak, is that right? Right now or tonight? Oh, gotcha, okay, I thought it was something going down today, but here, because all the band was like, oh, shoot, okay, my bad, my bad. Hey, speaking of, of Kid City, uh, if you didn't get your badge, you still can. You can go out to the fire, the, the fire truck, some people were like, hey, why is there a fire truck here? I was thinking about laying out in the middle of the driveway, in the middle of the park it yeah just see what it is right man everybody okay yeah i'm just laying down um but we got that out there for the for the kids we're actually celebrating and honoring those who serve us and serve our community so we have the fire engine out there and that's a fire engine not a fire truck i was corrected about that a fire truck has a ladder fire engine is out there so that's uh that's what's out there so i got me a badge nonetheless so i got it right so but uh you know we're, we're here talking about we got this whole like, man, we, are we ready for Thanksgiving this week? Man, I'm ready for I'm ready to chow down, man. I'm ready to get on some turkey for sure. But here's the thing. Man, this is an idea for us going forward is that we're going to be, today we're going to be talking a lot about generosity. You know, we're going through the book of Acts. We are talking about this whole idea of more and the 2020 vision and, and how the early church had the values and the visions that we have as a church. And that's why we're kind of exploring that right now. Uh, if you guys have talked about, you guys know, have been here for a little bit, you know that we've got the the visions of New City Church that God has laid on us. Uh, the elders, we all sat with, for an entire day praying, uh, asking God where he wants us to go, asking, making sure that we're not doing something that's outside the, the will of God and where his direction is. And we came up with four. We've talked about three. This is going to be the third one today. Two weeks ago, if you remember, we talked about the fact that we know every person 
and every person knows that they are known. So we have, uh, we have sign-up sheets that we're going to continue to do. And by the way, don't forget to sign up. Uh, put, that, put your name on the sign-up sheets. We're doing those for particular reasons. One of these days, what I'd like to do is get everybody in the rows to know one another. And, that kind of, and so if you don't know this person's name, man, get, your, get to know that person. You can still do that if you want to. But uh, we want to make sure, like, what would it look like if every person was called every week? And not like, hey, where you been? Hey, what's going on? Are you sending today? But, but because we love each other and because we are wanting to reach out and pray for and honor each other, like ultimately honor God, but, but reach out to one another, what would it look like if we actually did that every single week? We're working toward that. And this is why we call this the 2020 vision. By the time 2020 gets here, this is the kind of church we want to be. And this is why we're talking about things in present tense, not we will be, but we, we know every person and every person knows that they are known. Last week, we talked about the fact that we are a church that makes disciples who make disciples who make disciples. And this week, it was a, it was a powerful time for us to kind of be, be thinking about the fact that we've got to be that church, not that has a great Sunday morning, which I truly believe we do. It's awesome. It's wonderful. But what, do we, what does it look like for us in the trenches on a Tuesday night trying to learn what it means to be a disciple, learn what it means to actually be obeying the Lord? And so this week we're talking about the fact that, that we have the 2020 vision that we will be an extremely generous church. By the year 2020, we will be an extremely generous church. And so if you don't mind, I'm going to switch all these visions that we have to present tense. And that rather than saying we will be, because if we're always saying we will be, it will never happen. Amen? Like one of these days I'm going to get right with God, right? It ain't going to happen. Like it's like I am right with God now. Right? Start thinking about those kinds of things, and then, man, you'll start, it, it, we'll start walking in that. So we, rather than saying we will be an extremely generous church, we are an extremely generous church because that's who God has called us to be. And we need to start stepping into that and acting like we are who God says we are. Amen? And that's what we do. So that's why we do. So what we're looking at in, in Acts 4 and 5, we see a whole lot of these visions already being established in the new Christian church. And we're going to have an offering at the end of this service that, that we have a kind of a Thanksgiving offering. It's our big offering for the year. Uh, and it's wonderful to do those kinds of things. But, but I want you to understand before, like I, I, I know that some of you took these envelopes, you prayed about, what, like last week, you prayed about what you were going to be giving, that kind of thing. I want you to understand a few things. A lot of people say that we are already an extremely generous church. And the reason they say things like that is because we have helped to plant over 123 churches in Laos. Did you know that, by the way? Dude, somebody ought to give him a whoop-whoop for that one. <laughs> Come on. Like, that's, that's, that's huge. We gave $10,000 to a group of pastors in Thailand who went and literally planted 123 churches. By the way, that's how much it costs to plant a church in these countries that it's illegal to, like in Laos, so you can't, you're not supposed to have churches like that. So it was, a, it was an incredible thing. I love that. Man, 123 churches and growing. Like we are directly supporting church plants in the Kansas City area. And I'll give you three names of different churches that we're, that we're directly supporting. We're giving money from New City Church between our campus and Shawnee. We're giving three different um, churches. One is Vertical Church. You can be praying for these guys, too, because I want to be making sure they're not just giving money, but they're also giving prayer. Vertical Church, Neighborhood Church, 
and Serve Community Church are three churches that we give money directly to. We have all, we also have contributed in, in and we have done this for the last two years here, for the last four years in Shawnee. Uh, that the, to, we contribute to several church planting organizations. One of them being the North American Mission Board. Uh, another is the New Thing Network, which we are a part of. That the New Thing Network wants to see a hundred new churches planted in the next ten years in Kansas City. And we are we we are heavily involved in, and give to the Kansas City Kansas Baptist Association. All these things, all these organizations want to see churches planted, and that's what we are all about. Amen? So we're looking to plant at ourselves. Like this year, we're looking to plant a new city campus, another new city campus in 20, 2017. We are an extremely generous church already by, by many people's estimation because we give out. It's not about taking care of our campus or our church or growing this location. It is about the kingdom. And that's what we do to the point that in 20, 2016, we have given 70, listen to this, $78,900 to different organizations, different missions, church planning. We've given it away. $78,000. Amen. Amen. Now, here's the thing. If we are to be an extremely generous church, we've got to grow in that area, don't we? That's we're going to keep going. So we have, uh, like next year, we have five, like five months that have five Sundays in them. In, in the, on the fifth Sunday of the next month, our goal is to give the entire offering for those Sundays that are the fifth Sundays in 2017, the entire offering to missions to the point where we want to put in and give away $100,000. Come on. Come on. Right? So some people will say, well, you're an extremely generous church already, aren't you? I mean, but yeah, but, but isn't generosity a lifelong pursuit? Like not only for the organization of the church, but for us individually and collectively, the body of believers. That's who we've got to be. We've got to be generous. We've got to be stepping into it. I've got things to do in my life that I've got to step into and give to God. You've got things that you've got to do to give to God. It is what it is, and it is a never-ending pursuit until we see him face to face. So we're even like, we have a, an organization that is going to help us as a church become even more generous. And it's actually called Generous Church. You'll probably see a guy named Patrick Johnson. You'll see him around quite a bit. We, we love this dude, man. He's become one of our bros, man. And he is helping us in, in such great and, and humble ways to, to help us be as a church more and more and more generous. We call it whole life generosity to where we see everything as God's nothing is ours it's all his whatever he wants to do with it is what we do with it see because if you if you think about this like being generous it's a characteristic of God isn't it John three sixteen says for God so loved the world that he gave he didn't just like he goes let us borrow right I'm gonna let you borrow with it no he, he gave his one and only Son, we find that in Scripture, generosity, and you can start filling out your blanks if you want to, but generosity is commanded but not demanded. Like, you don't have to do this. And that's what I love about God. If I was God, I'd be like, man, I sent my son to die for your sorry behind. You're going to do this, right? Thank God I'm, God I'm not God, and he is. But generosity is commanded, not demanded. Generosity is 
expected if you're a believer. Matthew 6, I love this, Jesus' very first public ministry sermon on the mount. What does he say? When you give, he didn't say, hey, if you find it in your heart to give at some point, he said, when you give, don't let your left hand know what your right hand's doing. Remember what he said that? Like he said, hey, man, don't, don't announce it like the hypocrites do. But when you give, it's, it's an ex- expectation. And although like, like money and, and possessions are, are only part of generosity, that is true. Like we, we generally tend to, I know a lot of pastors like generally tend to talk about money, generally tend about giving and that kind of thing. It is the only thing that we can truly measure as far as generosity goes. I can't measure your heart. I can't measure your mind. No one can. I can't measure your faithfulness to God. No one can. But you can look in your checkbook and see where your heart is. Because what does the scripture say? Where your treasure is, your heart is. Exactly right. And so it kind of goes hand in hand. The scriptures are very evident about what we're supposed to, how we're supposed to feel about possessions and money. And generosity, like I said before, is a lifelong pursuit. So let's get into Acts 4, man, and, and learn what it, like, this is a wild, man, this Ananias, Sapphira thing, a lot of people, man, it, we'll read what it says, but it is a crazy wild thing to, to be thinking about what happened in the early church when somebody didn't give and somebody kind of lied and somebody kind of let stingy and kind of held on to what they thought was theirs. Acts 4, 32, uh, starting in verse, uh, verse 32 says, and keep in mind, this was right after Peter and John had healed this lame beggar. They had been uh, beaten up and kind of arrested and all this kind of stuff. They were like, hey, don't talk about this Jesus no more. They're like, sorry, man, we got to talk about Jesus. We can't help ourselves. They go back to their people and everybody praises God. And in verse 32, it says, all the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. Listen to that. that. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own. They didn't say, this is my car, this is my house, this is my flat screen, this is my bank account. They didn't do any of that stuff. They said, this is not mine. Whose is it? It's God's, ultimately, right? So we all get to share in this. So one of the things I love about the, the early church, and one of the things I want to aspire to be as New City Church are people that think this way. Now, we don't have to live in the same location. I'm not asking all of us to move to this property and, and pitch tents and that kind of thing, and we'll just gather food and that kind of thing. We'll all eat. I'm not asking us that, but I'm thinking about what does it look like for us to be of one heart, one mind, everything belongs to that, that I have in my management possession belongs to you, what you have belongs to me, then it would be awesome. Like, would anybody have a need if we really went there that's a question okay cool i love answers when i ask questions right see because psalm 24 1 says the earth is whose <coughs> it should be right there the earth is the lord's and everything in it the world and all who live in it you me everything we see uh, the air we breathe belongs to god the gravitational pull belongs to to God, it's an amazing concept. And yet, the world says, man, you got to get what's yours. you got to look out for number one. you got to make sure you're getting yours and, and, what, and, and making sure. You know what I mean? And so when we look at the scriptures, it's like, man, man, this is a whole different concept. It's not about, okay, i got to 
I got to give to a church, man. I, I've got to, I've got to be thinking in ways that 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 this all belongs to God. It's none of it's mine, and it and it makes sense because in a hundred years we're going to be warm food, right? Like it, we're not going to be able to keep any of this stuff, and we always hear that you can't have a U like there's no such thing as a U-Haul behind a, a hearse, right? We get that, but do we really get it? Like like thinking eternally. In verse thirty three says, with great power the apostles continued. To testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there were no needy persons among them. For from time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them. Listen, from time to time, not, not all the time, right? Those who owned land or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales, and put it at the apostles' feet. And it was distributed to anyone who had. Need. This was not a requirement. A lot of people say, that's what the early church did. All of them sold their property. That's no, that's not. So from time to time, there were people that did this. One of those people, Joseph in verse 36, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. What's that next verse say? Sold a field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. This is something he did that wasn't required. Now Barnabas later became a companion of Paul and a prominent leader of the church and did great ministry work. That kind of thing. We get, get all that. And here's the weird thing about the way these chapters are put together. The, the, the letters are written like, at, like in sequence, but somebody stopped the chapters right there. It was kind of weird. I don't know why. But it was, it was kind of strange how that happened because, because this is like, they're talking about buying and selling land and that kind of thing and giving it to the apostles so that everybody who needed it could be, could be distributed, right? And, and, then, and then it breaks the chapter up and it says, Now a man, in verse 1, Now a man named Ananias, together with his wife Sapphira, also sold a piece of property. Now they didn't have to, right? With his wife's full knowledge, he kept back part of the money for himself, but brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. Now, here's the, here's the scenario. He's selling this property, right? And he's giving part, he, he's, he's supposed to, if he's doing what he's wanting, like he's claiming that he's going to be giving everything to the apostles, but he's actually keeping some for himself, right? He's holding on to some. Now, a lot of people are like, well, that's reasonable. Man, if, if this guy would have said, hey, listen, uh, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm selling the property. I'm going to give half to the church and half to, I'm going to keep for some stuff I got to do. They'd be like, sweet, man, cool, right? But here's what he does. He goes, I want the honor of giving all the stuff. And everybody go, wow, look at that guy. But I'm really not, not doing it. So ultimately, he's not lying to people. He's lying to God. Now, I don't know who, who, who told Peter about this, but man, Peter went, Man, listen to what Peter said. Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land? Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? Now, listen to what he's asking. Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? That's, that's the money that God has given you, right? And after it was sold, was it the money at your disposal? You could have done whatever you want to with it. But what made you think of doing such a thing? You have not lied just to human beings, but to God. And this is the other reason why we have the fire engine out there. I'm just kidding. But when Ananias heard this, he fell down and died. And great fear seized all who heard what had happened. So, then some young men came forward, wrapped up his body, and carried him out 
and, and buried him. Man, this is, this is crazy stuff. Because, man, we'll read things like that and go, man, that's, that's just wrong for somebody. I mean, he gave a lot. The, yes, he did, man. But it's ultimately because he, the way he looked at things. And I know this is a, is, a, is a hard thing for us to understand. And we'll ask things like, well, why did he actually die? Did, did God kill him? Did, did he die because he was stingy? Did he die because he lied? Did he die because of all those things? And we can't miss the point here. And this is where, you guys know I'm weird, right? Who said amen? What? You guys know I think kind of strange like sometimes. Like, like I'll look at something like that, and, I'll, and I won't really contemplate on why he died. I mean, I won't even contemplate, it won't even mean a thing to me. That It's kind of strange. Now, I'm not saying, well, that, that part of the Bible is not important. But I'm trying to do everything I can to see what God is saying in his word. Because we can't miss the point here. I'm going to give you a couple examples. Like, we've got uh, the Abide study on Monday nights. We're, we're going through John 15, 5, right? And we're seeing what it means to actually remain in, in the Lord. And we got, I don't know, probably 20... 20 to 25 folks that are going through it right now. Um, and, and it's awesome. But here are the questions that come up when we read John 5. Let's read John 5, 5 starting in uh, John 15, 5 through 6. It says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you, everybody say, if you, if you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Now hold on just a second for that. Like before we go to the next slide, here's what the questions that come up. Like, what's fruit, right? What's the vine? What's brand? Wait, like, like, what does it mean you can't do, do, I can do nothing, like apart from you? We'll ask, have questions like that. And it says in verse 6, if you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. What does it mean to be thrown away? What does it mean to wither, right? Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. Oh man, that sounds terrible. But what does it mean to be thrown into a fire and, and burned, right? We'll have all those kinds of theological commentary on this. What's fruit? What does it mean to be burned? We'll look at things like Revelation. It says, man, are we post-trib, mid-trib, pre-trib? What is it? Like, are we post-millennial, pre-millennial? All this kind of, like, what is this monster coming out of the sea with all these eyeballs or whatever, you know? Is it, what is it, who is the Antichrist? I want to know, I want to know, I want to know. And we're missing the point of all of it. We're missing the point of absolutely all of it. We'll ask questions like, do we go to heaven right away? What happens after we die? And I'm going to tell you, and this is going to shock you, and this is going to, you're going to think I'm crazy, but you already knew that because I heard some amens. But none of it matters. It does not matter who the Antichrist is. It does not matter what happens right after we die, whether we go to sleep for a few hundred years or whether we see Jesus immediately, it does not matter. That we get to see Jesus at all, knowing me, is awesome. The very fact that if we simply submit to God, focusing on what He wants rather than the theological correctness and the discussions that can just sway us of what we'll do if we oppose Him, man, can... can paralyze us see isaiah 66 2 says says this man and i will say this every couple of months because i want us to be on the forefront of the kind of people god wants us to be he says i will look favorably on this kind of person one who is humble 
One who is submissive in spirit. Sometimes that, that, that word is a brokenness in spirit. And trembles at my word. See, my encouragement to you is not to freak out about the details that we may or may not ever know until we see him face to face. Chill out. It, it, like, like, it's okay to study this stuff. It's okay to look at it. It's okay to have a, a genuine interest. In, but, but if we're like, I gotta know, I wanna know. Here's the deal what we need to know. That if we are on God's side, and here's the question I want to ask. Do we even have to worry about the results? No. Like if I'm on his side, I ain't got to worry about that. I don't care if it's pre-trib, post-trib. I don't care if it's you know, pre-millennial. I don't care who the day of Christ is. I'm on his side. Right? We're going to figure that out. He'll let us know in his time. But we get in great debates about different things, about whether or not this and whether or not that. And it does not matter. It doesn't matter why Ananias died. The fact that we want to be like God, have a generous heart like God, a, God that's, a heart that God commands, that's what we want to concentrate on. How do we do that? Like, I, like it's, it's, it's fun. I don't want to go to hell. We get to go to heaven. Right? We don't have to worry about hell. Don't worry about that stuff. We get to go. Paul says in the letter to the church in Philippi, he says in, verse, in chapter 4, verse 8, he says, Finally, brothers, what, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any moral excellence and if there is any praise, dwell on these things. Man. John 21, I love this, man. I dig this so much. More Peter, I mean, Peter's, Peter's a good dude, man. I love Peter. Man. I'm kind of like, I kind of like, Peter's a great leader and that kind of thing. And as far as, uh, you know, but, but sometimes it's amazing. Jesus just has to correct him in so many harsh, what seems to be harsh ways. It's just like, man, Peter probably had to go home and cry because he's probably butthurt a lot, right? I mean, he was, you know? And so he's... So Peter, Jesus restores Peter in John 21. He restores Peter, and, and he says, oh, by the way, it's going to suck for you. Right? It's going to be hard. It's gonna, you're going to die a death that's going to really be bad. You're gonna, hands are gonna, he's talking about being crucified. Your hands are going to be pulled. You're going to be put. You're going to be dragged to places you don't want to go. And so he sees a, a, the, the, the disciple John. Listen to this. And he says, so Peter turned around and saw the disciple Jesus loved following them. Peter, John was behind him. That disciple was the one who had to lean back against Jesus at the supper and asked, Lord, who is the one that's going to betray you? And he's just talking about John here. When Peter saw him, he said to Jesus, Lord, what about him? That's a legitimate question, right? What's his fate? Like he's, he's, fought, he's talking to Jesus. And Jesus says, if I want him to remain until I come, Jesus answered, what is that to you? Peter, don't worry about that stuff. As for you, follow me. Hey, Peter, hey, look. As, as, as Mr. Miyagi says, look I, right? Look, hey, Peter, look at me. Don't worry about that. There's going to be stuff you ain't got. I don't, you don't need those answers. You need to follow me. You need to keep your, keep your focus on me, right? That's what Jesus is telling him. Paul goes on to say in the book of Philippians, says, 
in verse, uh, chapter 3, starting in verse 12, says, Not that I have already reached the goal or am already fully mature, but I make every effort to take hold of it because I also have been taken hold of by Christ Jesus. Brothers, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it, but, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and reaching forward to what is ahead, I pursue as my goal the prize promised by God's heavenly call in Christ Jesus. Therefore, all who are mature should think this way. Wow. Man, we got to focus on the thing, man. We got to keep the main thing, the main thing. We gotta, hey, but we have, what about that? Yo, what about what that? What about what that? What about that? Jesus is like, hey, 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 look, I. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about the death of Ananias. We're going to talk about his wife's death here. Don't worry about that. You ain't got to worry about that stuff, right? You follow me. You have a heart like me. You have a humility and a submissiveness and a trembling of my word. If you do those things, if you remain in me, you will bear much fruit. Don't worry about what the fruit is. It's a promise. Amen? Man. Continuing in Acts 5. <laughs> about three hours later, his wife came in not knowing what had happened. Peter asked her, tell me, is this the price you and Ananias got for the land? Yes, she said, that's, that's the price. Peter said to her, how could you conspire to test the spirit of the Lord? Listen, the feet of the men who buried your husband are at the door and they will carry you out also. At that moment, she fell down at his feet and died. And then the young men came in and finding her dead, carried her out and buried her beside her husband. Great fear seized the whole church. I bet it freaking did, man. And all who heard about these events. See, we've got to always keep our motivations in check, don't we? We always got to do that. It's not about giving a tithe, man. That's, that's the basis of obedience, man. We're talking about generosity here. We're talking about absolute 100% whole life generosity where we see things the way God sees them. We see the air we breathe as a blessing, not an obligation from God because that's who we are. No, man. And he can take it away like that. Any of it. Like all the money that we have in our bank accounts, all the money we've got stashed in a drawer for a rainy day, all the things that we, man, man, that we tend to have as our security blanket, man, have to come from God because they're his anyway. And I love what the pastor in, out of Houston said. And he's a great pastor, man. He's, he's a great author, great preacher great philosopher he's a really good rapper named trip lee oh yeah word at your time right but he wrote this song called twisted and he sang it with a, another rapper named lecrae and if you don't know any of those guys man man get to know some of their music it's amazing i mean the lyrics are incredible but he said in, the, in, in this song called Twisted, he said, man, and he's talking about a guy who thinks he's all that and thinks he's his own God and thinks he's his own man. Let's make it plain. Somebody keep him breathing. Just keep his blood flowing. 
Keep his lungs breathing. Man, God keeps him eating. And it ain't no secret. Don't get it twisted. God gives him what he needs. Man, my life ain't never been mine. Yeah, I work hard. Yeah, I grind. But not to get rich, man. Not, not to shine. Not to get rich. Not to shine. I don't boast much and I don't brag. Because everything I got, man, I got it from dad. Matter of fact, there ain't one thing I have that God ain't put here in my hand. So I say we remember that our legs work because of him. Next time we're running for our goals, think think who's really running. Everything's under him. Planets, countries, cities, hoods. Don't get it twisted. God did it, done it, got it, good. Amen? Father, you have given us everything. It all belongs to you. It does not, we have nothing to do with any of this. You created us in our, in our mother's womb. You, you knit us together. And before that, you put everything in place just so that we could live. Gravity. Magnetic fields. Oxygen. You knit those things together. Positive and negative electrons, that uh, neutrons and protons that, that keep our bodies from exploding. You put that together. You hold it all together. You have provided an atmosphere where we could survive from minute by minute. And without you, we cannot survive. Like, like, like you, man, that is amazing to me. Like you did it all. It is all yours. And we dare say we worked for it. We dare say it's ours. We dare say, God, forgive us for that. And here's the thing, God. We are an extremely generous church because you are a generous God for no other reason. It ain't for the praise of man so that people go, man, that's a good thing you guys are doing. It's awesome that you're sending out 21 Thanksgiving dinners to people. It has nothing to do with the praise of man. Lord, it has everything to do with your praise. It has everything to do with your glory. So God, as we are tempted many times to say, man, we're doing such great stuff. Man, God, we do nothing without you keeping us alive second by second. And so this communion that we're going to have, Lord, God, before we take communion, before we dip this cracker, even though some of them are gluten-free, Lord, before we take any of that, man, God, may we examine our hearts. May we openly, like, like just let you have whatever we're holding on to that we're stingy about. May we let you have everything that we don't see generosity the way you see it. Lord, may we just honor you as we prepare for the Thanksgiving offering, as we prepare our hearts for you. It is in your son's amazing name that all God's people said with amazing enthusiasm. Amen. Amen. Right on, man.